Amen. We've spent time in worship and experiencing God. And we can't take lightly that when we come together, it's a corporate worship. Uh, we can worship at home. We can worship in our car. We can worship in our bedroom and in our kitchen. But God commands us to come together corporately to lift up his name together. And when we do that, something special happens. When we come together and your hallelujah with my hallelujah, your thank you Jesus with my thank you Jesus, your worship with my worship, your praise with my praise, it moves heaven. And we can be on one accord to be who God has called us to be. Amen. So I'm happy to see each and every one of you out today. Uh, again, I don't take it lightly when we get an opportunity to come into the household of faith. Amen. We're going to get to the word of God, not going to belabor the hour. We've worshiped, we've experienced him in a way, but we do believe God wants to share a little something with us on today. We've been ministering from this series, More Spirit, Less Flesh. More Spirit, Less Flesh. And today is concluding this particular series. Remember, I could, we could really speak about the Holy Spirit for weeks on end. Um, for weeks on end. We, we, there's so much we haven't even touched. But we just want to remind ourselves that nothing is going to happen in our lives without the movement of the Spirit. And flesh is not going to get it done. Flesh will only leave us disappointed and broke uh, with false hope. But when the Spirit is moving, that's when life changes. And so we need the power of His Spirit. We already have it. Now it's just time to walk in what He's accessed for us to walk in. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And read a few verses for our context, and we'll continue to teach and minister from there. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning at verse number 6. And we're going to pray at the end. But many of you are praying for something and believing God for something. And so once we hear the word, I want you to pray again, and maybe your perspective may change about who God is and what he's doing in your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning at verse 6 from the New King James Version. It says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed, say has revealed, them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. 
Amen to the reading of his word. More spirit, less flesh. If I got a subtitle, it would be follow him. You may be seated. In week one, we talked about acknowledging the Holy Spirit. We must continue to acknowledge his presence in our lives, his, his leadership in our lives. We then went on to talk about that we need to abide with the Holy Spirit, that he has legal right to be in our lives if we say that we've confessed Jesus Christ, because he is a promise of the Father, the comforter to be with us, and we must abide with him and accept his influence in our lives. Last week, we talked about being filled with the Spirit and that God is always leading us to love, which is his character, and love is fullness. And many of us, we operate in emptiness. And in our emptiness, we reach and try to grab for everything. That's why he says, be not drunk with wine. Don't just grab something to fill yourself, but be filled with the Spirit. Because when we fill ourselves with the Spirit, he'll lead us to the love that we actually have within us. And this week, we just kind of want to wrap up here and pulling from Galatians 5.25 also, which says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. In other words, if, if we're going to be spiritual, we need to keep up with the Spirit. Yeah, I know for me, I walk fast. The rest of my family does not. And so often when we're going somewhere, I'm walking, and I have to remind myself, they're probably 50 yards behind me. And I am, let's go. You know, but we're trying to get to where we're going. And sometimes that's how we are. We got to keep up with the Spirit because he's taking us somewhere. He's taking us somewhere. And I don't know if I'm articulating as well as I would like to, but we, we have to maximize the spiritual life that we live. Because nothing's really going to change in our lives unless we maximize the spiritual life that we have. Some of us have family issues. It's not going to change until we maximize our spiritual life. Some of us have financial issues. It's really not a financial issue. There's some spiritual things that have to be maximized in our lives. There's many brokenness that happens. It's a spiritual issue. Self-esteem, it's a spiritual issue. It's a spiritual issue. And if we want to see change happen in our lives, we got to maximize the spiritual life that God has given us. Also, not just as individuals, but as a corporate church. We're not going anywhere in the church without the move of the Spirit. We need his presence. We need his grace manifested in our life. And so we've got to become fluent in the things of the Spirit. You know, it's funny because my father... The late Elder Arnold Cyrus grew up in Costa Rica. Family migrated from um, Barbados, Jamaica, uh, over to uh, Costa Rica. So the first 31 years of his life, he grew up in Costa Rica. So he was a fluent Spanish speaker. And my mother grew up in the hills of, of western Pennsylvania, and so she was not a fluent Spanish speaker. And so there's a weird combination because my name is Antonio, and I don't speak a lick of Spanish. See, although I had a father in the house who was fluent in Spanish, there was another uh, participant in the house who did not speak Spanish at all. 
So for the agreement's sake that I didn't speak Spanish because we did not speak Spanish in the home. Now, I can't tell you how much I wish I knew how to speak Spanish now. <laughs> Talking about missed opportunities. Yes, I went to school and took Spanish in school, and yes, I know un poquito, but I really don't know how to speak much Spanish. And the funny thing is I passed that on to my children because they went to, to, to school and took Spanish in school, and guess what? They know un poquito as well. They don't speak a whole lot of Spanish. Maybe have A's on a report card, but we really don't see the A's in, in the, the language because they really don't know it. <laughs> We're familiar with the elements of things, but we have, because we've studied them from an academic perspective. But there was no real need to, to really understand it, so therefore we never applied ourselves to it. Are you with me? But I've been working, and I have worked with some community development, and there's one young lady who stood out to me. Her name was Katie, and Katie said to me one time, all right, Reverend Cyrus, I'm not going to see you for a while. And I said, so Katie, where are you going? She says, I'm going to Guatemala because I, I need to learn to speak Spanish. And, and, and you see, she was doing community work, and in the community was a lot of people who spoke only Spanish. And in order for her to do her job and to, to be effective at what she wanted to do, which was bring change to them, she needed to learn the language. You see? So, but she didn't sign up at MC. Okay. She, she, she understood something. And if you're going to actually learn something, you need to immerse yourself in what needs. So she went to Guatemala to take a Spanish class in Guatemala so that she could immerse herself in not only the language but also in the culture. She had to leave behind the comforts of what was familiar to her to really get what she desired because she wanted to be effective in what she was doing. And I'm here to tell you that if you want to see the vision for what God has for you come to pass, that you have to immerse yourself in the spiritual things in order to be able to accomplish that. The academic study is not going to get it done. That's why we baptize by immersion, right? We don't sprinkle. You know, that's how sometimes you go to church and they sprinkle. Now, the Bible says Jesus came up out of the water. See, that, that's symbolic of the fact that we go into Christ and come out. See, I even have people, when somebody, a, a loved one's getting baptized, they ask me, you know, can you hold them down just a little bit longer? <laughs> can, can, you, can you just make, no, no, don't, don't try to keep your head up. No, no, put, put it all the way down. So that there's, a, there's an immersion there, so we can cover it all. We have to immerse ourselves in the spiritual things. So main point number one is to have more spirit and less flesh, we must immerse ourselves in the things of the spirit. We must immerse ourselves in the things that are spiritual. Romans 8 and 6 says this, For to set... The mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Flesh leads to death. The spirit will lead to life and peace. We must immerse ourselves there. Secondly, the Holy Spirit, he comes to, to provide wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. More spirit, less flesh requires intentionally seeking the spirit for wisdom. Seeking the spirit for wisdom. In our text, Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, 
And there was some spiritual stuff there, but there wasn't a lot of wisdom. And, and Paul is telling them that I didn't come to you with a whole bunch of big fancy words and a lot of wisdom of man, but I came to you with the wisdom of God and the power of the Spirit. Just defining a couple of things, oftentimes we hear of knowledge. We know that knowledge is what? Information. Knowledge is facts. So just period, it says, I got facts, I got information. That is knowledge. But wisdom is really this. Wisdom is the ability to discern and judge which aspects of knowledge are true, right, lasting, and applicable to your life. So you can have a bunch of facts but not have wisdom. Okay? You don't know how to see which facts, which information, which knowledge is true, lasting, and applicable to your life. That's what we need to get from the Spirit. And finally, you have something called understanding. Understanding is, now that I have the wisdom, I have to actually apply it to my life. Understanding is applied wisdom. But what we want to make sure that we understand is that the wisdom of man draws attention to what man can do. See, Paul's saying, talking about the wisdom of man. The wisdom of man draws attention to what man can do or to what flesh can do. Jesse Ventura, better known as Jesse the Body Ventura, a former wrestler, and he was also the governor of Minnesota for, for one term because he was independent. The Democrats and Republicans sat there for four years and said, okay, and he was gone. But he said this. He said, organized religion, and I don't believe Christianity is, is religion, but I, I, I get it. Organized religion is a sham and crutch for weak-minded people who need strength in numbers. It tells people to go out and stick their noses in other people's business. So y'all a bunch of weak-minded people. This is what he said. Another quote said, there are three compelling reasons for how Jesus or why Jesus rose from the dead, but I believe none of them because I'm not a weak-minded moron. Just giving example is that the wisdom of man denies the power of God, denies submission to God, and denies the unity of God. And you can just do it yourself. The hum that's what's called humanism. All, right? All we need is us. And anybody who believes in a God, you're weak. You're weak-minded. I'm going somewhere. We're weak-minded. So we end up putting faith in people and not in God. We look at how beautiful they are. Isn't Beyonce beautiful? Oh, come on now. Isn't she beautiful? She's just gorgeous, isn't she? And look how much money she has. Hmm? Sitting courtside. <laughs> Every home game. Away game, it don't matter. She's still sitting courtside. She's beautiful. Look, did I tell you how beautiful she is? Just look at her. Hair flowing. Just, just look. How beautiful she is. How much money she has. How much power she wields. She can drop an album at any time and people just run into it. Downloading it. And so we listen to whatever people have to say. 
We listen to whatever she has to say. She can even have an alter ego. Come on, I'm not Beyonce hating. I'm just making a point. I'm showing us. The wisdom of man. And we even listen to the alter ego. <laughs> Sasha Fierce, huh? We listen. She's packing out stadiums all over the world, thousands, <laughs> listening to what she has to say. Even though she's telling you the person on here is fake. Mm, my God. But <laughs> packing out thousands across the globe. We put faith in people and not in God. So the wisdom of the flesh, but it's mainstream for us. That's what we're used to. And so even as believers, oftentimes we fail to embrace who God has called us to be. It's like being a person of color in America has been challenging because mainstream has always been non-colorful. Your hair had to be straight even though it's kinky. So if you had a job on television, you had to get your flowing hair like they did on television because your natural kinky hair wasn't good enough. You couldn't have dreadlocks in the business world because that wasn't, that wasn't uh, acceptable to mainstream. Are you following? <laughs> Certain things we, did, we just could not do. And so we, 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 we give ourselves away because we're trying to conform to what a mainstream says that we have to be. We even divorce perfectly good black wives. I'm not going there. This is just an example. But as believers, I, I, I'm concerned because do we do the exact same thing? Because flesh is mainstream, and so we give up our spirituality because it's not acceptable to people on the outside. And so we become somebody that we are not. We become imitators of people and not imitators of Christ. We become people pleasers. I'm going somewhere. The wisdom of man does that to us. But the wisdom of the Spirit draws attention to Christ and what he has done. It draws attention to Christ and what he has done. But there's always competition. You know, I, I like to, 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 to minister as a man. Sometimes, I, you know, ladies, you got to bear with me sometimes. But I just like to talk to my men. You know, sometimes. And this is kind of used as an example. See, when, when you get married, right? The Bible says forsaking all others. Right? It, it says that. You know, that this, this is one man, one woman, one lifetime. But when you get married, the rest of the women don't disappear. It would be nice if they did. <laughs> it would be a whole lot easier if everybody just disappeared. But that, but that ain't what happens. Right? And as soon as it turns 72 degrees outside, half the clothes come off. Well, come on in here. And what you like hadn't changed just because you got married. 
is always going to try to compete for your attention and your obedience. It's always going to be like that. And just using that example, the flesh is always going to try to get our attention. But we've got to learn how to set our affections on Christ. As a married man, sometimes you got to say, I got to go home. No, 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 seriously. <laughs> Y'all look at me like I'm crazy. This is not going to work. I've got to go home. That's, just, that's the solution. Just walk straight. I used to work downtown sometimes when I had to go to my office in D.C. on GW. I just walk straight, Doc. Just, just, just walk straight. Because we've got, to, we've got to set our affections on what matters to us. Because the flesh is always going to be competing for your attention and your obedience. Trying to lay foundation. Because in life, we got to understand the concept of what Christ has done for us. See, see, we hear the song, Jesus Take the Wheel. I don't know if you ever heard that song, Kay Underwood. I actually love that song. But I, I just want us, I'm not being anal, I just want us to understand a concept of how we live this life. Jesus does not jump into the driver's seat of our lives. If you let go of the wheel, you're going to crash. <laughs> Jesus gets into the passenger seat of your vehicle. <laughs> I'll read it for you. <laughs> Galatians 2.20 says this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So when we are saved, we... we, we died with Christ and we rose with Christ so now it's, it's, it's not us but he says it's Christ who lives in me my life is about Christ and he says this and the life I now live in the flesh the life who lives I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me what he's saying is I still have to live this life in the flesh but I live it in faith in Christ because he's proven his love for me by dying for me and rising for me. Right? So even though I still have to live this life, I still have to drive this car while I'm on the earth, I put my faith in him. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit, right? And he's going to jump into the car with us in the passenger seat, right? And says, turn right. Okay? But if we go straight or turn left, that's not his fault. Right? Don't take that job. But they're paying me 150. Yeah, I get that, but that's not the job. See? You can take it if you want to and get the 150. But when you're working 18 hours a, a, a week, a day, and you don't have time for your family, She is not the one. But she looked good. And she goes to church. I get that. She's not the one. You can have her if you want to. 
I'm move on. <laughs> Christ comes into our life and gives us the spirit, right? To, to, to lead us and point us to all things Jesus. And we got to understand that's the wisdom of God. It points us to Christ and he, he points us and directs us to where we need to go. He gives us directions. It's up to us to follow him. Holy Spirit does a few other things and I'm, I'm wrapping up. The Holy Spirit convicts the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. That's John 16 and 8. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. That's, John, that's Romans 8 and 26. When we're weak, guess what? Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Also in Romans 8, 27, it says the Holy Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. How many realize the Holy Spirit is interceding on your behalf? Interceding to the Father on our behalf. And not just saying anything, but he's interceding according to God's will. That the will of the Father be done in your life and my life. That's powerful. He's not just praying amiss, but he's praying specifically that the will of God be done in our lives. That's powerful. Because the, more sharp, the sharper our prayers are, right? Sometimes we pray and just pray for generality's sake. But when we're specific that the will of God be done in somebody's life, that's potent. This is what he does for us. Why am I saying this? It's important because the Holy Spirit should be treated a certain way if he's doing such things. Ephesians 4 and 30 says this. This is how we should not treat him, right? He says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So one thing we should not do is grieve the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit does not grieve like we grieve in, in, in the natural. But grieving the Holy Spirit basically means that we sin. And that we cause him distress by doing the things that we should not be doing. Does that make sense? Don't grieve him. Because he's leading us. Don't grieve the one that's leading. Second thing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 19. Do not quench the Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is like a fire. He says, don't extinguish the fire. Do not put him out in our lives. Do not resist his influence. In our personal lives, when he's, when he's, when he's directing us, do not say, shut up. I've done that. Come on in here. Holy Spirit says, no, don't do that. Shut up, Holy Spirit. I'm going to do this anyway. It don't sound right, but that's exactly what we say. We just go ahead and put them out. I don't want to hear you the rest of the night because it's about to get lit in here. Just turn you off because <laughs> I ain't trying to hear you try to stop me from doing what I'm getting. Let me come over here. See, I don't want to hear him trying to stop me from doing what I'm getting ready to do. So I'm going to just go ahead and put them out now. So don't, he said, don't do that. In our corporate settings even, we got to allow the spirit to move. I had an elder 
some, some, some elders talked to me about the Spirit, and I asked them a question. I said, how much room do you leave for the Spirit to move? Well, if you never leave any room for the Spirit to move, how is the Spirit going to move? See, we don't got to be all crazy, but if I got every second of the service calculated what's going to happen, how the Spirit going to move? <laughs> Here it is. And time is moving. Here it is. The Holy Spirit reveals and illuminates the heart and mind of the Father and of Christ. This is where it gets good. The Holy Spirit reveals, say reveals, the heart and mind of the Father and of Christ. In the text, Paul was telling him, listen, I didn't come with a whole bunch of fancy words in the wisdom of man, because the wisdom of man is going to come to nothing. Okay? But I came with the wisdom of God, and I'm talking to the mature. I'm talking to those who are spiritual. I came with the wisdom of God, which was decreed before ages for our glory. That speaks right there. We love to give God the glory because all glory really belongs to God, Right? But he said that there's a glory for us, too. How many realize that? <laughs> it's, it's, it's not God's glory, but he gave us a glory. In other words, there's a place where we belong. There's a glory for us. We don't steal God's glory. We don't create nothing. We're not the rulers of, of, of everything. He is. But he allows us a place in this earth, allows us to have a glory. And so he spoke some things before the foundations of the world for our glory. Well, what are those things? Well, I don't know. Well, here's how we find out. That's why he goes on to say, eyes have not seen, neither ear have heard, nor has it entered the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. In other words, there's something that's already prepared. Are you, are you following? It's prepared. When I, I have kids, and you know, at Christmas time, you know, one day, one of my children likes to go around and try to find the gifts, right? And so one day, this particular child found a gift that I had purchased for, for them. And so I said, never again. <laughs> and, and it has never happened since then. <laughs> See, because there's some things that they know is coming they just haven't found it yet. <laughs> See, <laughs> there's some things that have already been prepared for you, but do you know what they are and where they are and how to actually access them? <laughs> See, people in times past, he says, I hadn't seen it here. They, they have no idea. So, so in, in, in the book of, of, of Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned, Right? When, when the Bible says that, that God slayed an animal and put covering on them, the people had no idea he was talking about Jesus. See? And then the Bible says when Abraham was getting ready to offer up Isaac and God told him no, that there's a ram in the bush, people didn't realize that that ram in the bush was Jesus. See, see, when, when the, the prophet says there's a bomb in Gilead that can heal every wound and every sickness and every disease and every infirmity of mankind, the, the people did not understand, they couldn't see that that was talking about Jesus. When the Isaiah said, for unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, people did not understand, eye hadn't seen and ear hadn't heard that he was talking about Jesus. 
couldn't understand it. But we've got to understand also that even people today still don't understand it. <laughs> people still can't see it. People still can't find it. People still don't know the power of Jesus. That's why they don't pursue him. Oh, I'm preaching better than you saying amen in here. <laughs> see, people are pursuing him because they don't see him. And they don't see him. That's why they, they can't pursue him because they can't pursue who they can't see. They can't understand. They can't hear the sound of his voice. And so that's why we can't follow the wisdom of man because they're going out. It's like the blind leading the blind. Why are you going to follow somebody that doesn't know where they're going? So we don't got to try to act like other people. You're acting like somebody that don't know where they're going. <sighs> but he says this, but God, somebody say but God, has revealed. See, see, oftentimes we say I hadn't seen or ear hadn't heard as though that it's a mystery that would, would never be solved. But the Bible says, but God has revealed. In other words, that, that the prophets were writing, Paul was writing that God has given revelation about the things that he has. Oh, Lord, have mercy up in here. He's already given revelation about the things that have been prepared for us. <laughs> that the things that have been what? Freely given to us. He says this. He says, who knows what a man is thinking or what's inside of a man except the spirit of a man? Imagine if I, if, if I took your thoughts and I took what was on your heart right now and displayed it on the screen. <laughs> I wish he would shut up and move on. I got to get... See, see, a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of stuff would be displayed on the screen because your heart and your mind, the intentions and thoughts would be revealed. But he says this, who knows what's in a man except you? You know what you're thinking. You know what you're, how your heart is. You know that. And he says just like that, God's spirit knows what God is thinking and what's on his heart. But the Bible says that we have the Holy Spirit. And so if the Holy Spirit knows what's on God's He's revealing, he's illuminating, he's making known, he's making plain to us what God has, what he's got cooking on the stove. He knows what God has already prepared for us. He knows exactly where, he knows where your blessing is, Monroe. <laughs> Woo! The Spirit of God knows the heart and the mind of God. Have you ever had somebody show you a picture? And they, it's, a, it's a, like all kind of dots and stuff, and they want you to look. Do you see the uh, two faces looking at each other? Or do you see uh, the cross in the middle? And you sit there looking and looking, and you step back, and, and you look, and you look to the side, and, and you still can't find it. But then when somebody says, oh, you see, it's right here, and it's right here, then you say, oh, there it is. That's how it is with the Spirit. We're looking for stuff. We're looking for what God has done. We're looking for the blessing that God has for us. We're looking to truly understand certain things and we can't find it. But the Spirit is here to point out to us, to illuminate to us what God has already done. He'll make what's a mystery to man. He'll make it plain to you. See, it's good to know where somebody's coming from. 
You ever been in a situation where you don't know where somebody's coming from? You feel kind of anxious. You feel kind of uh, uh, weird about that because I'm not exactly sure where you're coming from. I'm not exactly sure what your intentions are. But God is making his intentions very known that God loves us. God has purpose for us and God has destiny for us. He says things that have freely been given to us. Guess what? The love of God costs Jesus, but it's free for us. How many know that he's given us his love? It's free for us to access. It's free for us to experience. It's free for us to enjoy. How many know that we've got peace? The Bible says we've got peace that passes all understanding. If we keep our hearts and mind, stand on God. We don't got to pay for peace. The peace has already been freely given to us. How many know that we've got a name? Not your name, but his name. The Bible said at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess, both in heaven and on earth, that Jesus Christ is Lord. The Bible said the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and they are safe. That when I'm going through, I have a name. That's a... It's a name that's above every name. I've got a name. How many realize I got his grace? That his grace is sufficient for me. That even when he doesn't remove what's there in my life, like he told Paul, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. That his grace will keep me. His grace will cover me. His grace will see me through. If I'm going through hell, I don't have to stop there. I can just keep on going through. Why? Because his grace, the spirit tells me I got a grace for this. How are you going to handle that? I'm grace for this. How are you going to manage that? I'm grace for this. The Spirit says go on through. Why? Because you're, because you're grace for this. <laughs> it doesn't stop there. We've got security that even if I die, I got a building not made, not made by man. Far beyond what you can do. In the home, I've got a mansion waiting up for me. I got space in his presence. I got security in his presence. Whether you like me, I got Jesus. If you hate me, I still got Jesus. If you talk about me, I still got Jesus. You deny my loan, I still got Jesus. You disturb me on my job, I still got Jesus. He ain't going nowhere. Because he said he'll never leave me nor forsake me. So much has been given to us. And the Holy Spirit is leading us. So we got to follow him. The way he's taking us. He's taking us to understand who we are. We don't got to walk around angry at the world. Angry at mama and daddy. I am who God has created me to be. Whether it was in the backseat of a car or in a hotel room, I don't care. God created me for purpose. He created me for destiny. He created me to be victorious on this earth. It ain't about money. It ain't about cars, but it's about destiny. It's about purpose. It's about walking out day by day who God has called me to be. All this is available to the believer. Freely he's given us, Nick. Freely. It's free. You can know who you are for free. Yes. 
I try to hide gifts from my kids. God's not hiding stuff from us. He's revealing it. He's telling us, it's right over there. It's right there. Your breakthrough is right there. Your blessing is right there. It's right there. Follow the Spirit's leading. It's right there. It's in front. Turn left, then turn right, and you'll find it. Baby, get out of that relationship and wait on the next one because that's the one. I ain't trying to hold your man from you. I'm trying to bring him to you. It's getting late and I got to go, but I'm telling you, the Spirit will lead us to where we need to be if we just follow Him or follow Him. No matter what the world tries to do, tries to distract us with all kinds of flesh, if we just follow the Spirit. Come on and stand on your feet. Yeah. Some of us are praying for some things. Some of us are praying for some things, but our perspective will change when we hear the word of God. If you're praying, you just want to come to the altar. We just want to pray for you, that you'll follow the Holy Spirit. I don't know what you were praying for before, even for yourself, but God must shift some things and give you direction and give you clarity and say, trust me, I'm leading you to where you need to be. There's breakthrough. There's deliverance. God wants to bless his people. God wants to bless his people. It's his heart to give us the good pleasure, the treasures of the kingdom. He wants to release it. Follow him. prayed earlier you might want to just pray again and pray differently now say father i know you're leading me holy spirit lead me to the goodness the things that you freely given me you freely given them just obey trust and obey father i thank you and i bless you for these your children right here we stand, oh God, in all of you today. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're with us to lead God and direct. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that it's not the wisdom of man. Man doesn't understand what following Jesus is about. But we're not going to hide from it. We're not going to conform to the world. God, but we're going to stand out as you called for us to stand out. As men and women and children and boys and girls who love the Lord Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, able to conquer anything, any foe, because that is our heritage. You're a conqueror. We're a conqueror. You're an overcomer. We're an overcomer. You're blessed we're blessed you're prosperous we are prosperous you're able we're able father i thank you in jesus name holy spirit direct us give us purpose give us destiny give us understanding of who we are illuminate the purpose illuminate the purpose illuminate the purpose right now in the name of jesus 
illuminate purpose, God. Illuminate, Father. Illuminate, illuminate. Give clarity to who I am, why I'm here. Give clarity, oh God, to who I am, why I'm here. The next step. Give clarity to your love, oh God, your abiding love. Give clarity, oh God, to your purpose, direction in the name of Jesus. Give clarity, oh God. Give clarity to the peace that passeth all understanding, oh God. Give clarity to the anointing that's there, already there. It's already there. It's already there. Give clarity to it, God, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, illuminate. Illuminate. Make known. Holy Spirit, make known. Make known. Eyes have not seen or ears heard. Boy, has it entered the hearts of man, but you have revealed. God, I thank you for revelation knowledge, even now in Jesus' name. Greater understanding, oh God. Greater purpose, oh God. While I'm going through it, oh God, I don't understand, but you do. Holy Spirit, reveal. Thank you, Jesus, for your love surrounding, oh God. Your love filling, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for purpose, understanding, oh God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for new levels of anointing, new levels of grace, 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 new levels of grace. New levels of purpose and understanding, oh God. The next stage of life, oh God. Entering in, God, entering in to what you've called for. In this season, oh God. A new anointing, oh God. A fresh anointing. In this season, out of the box. Breaking out of the box. Traditionalism, breaking out of the box. Spirit leading to new places. New anointing, new destiny, oh God. New understanding, oh God. New understanding, new purpose, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. They, oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you've done and doing in this place. All things are in Jesus. It's already secured. Nothing has to be won. It's already won. And we receive what you have for us today in Jesus' name. And God, we say thank you in advance, oh God, for revelation and understanding, oh God. Day by day, we walk with the illumination of the Spirit. And we love you and we honor you. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Give God praise, give him glory, and give him honor.